It's time for another Tucson Means Business, where you get to meet the best Tucson entrepreneurs and those leaders in the community with a story to tell. Tucson Means Business. And now your host, Mark Bishop. Welcome to another Tucson Means Business. Your host, Mark Bishop, here. We're broadcasting live from the Tucson Business Radio X studio, which is located in the corporate headquarters of Stewart Title and Trust, right here in Tucson, Arizona, on Broadway. No, not that Broadway, but still a lot of things happen here. My guest today, uh, uh, Brent Alexich from the firm Burns & McDonnell. Uh, Burns and McDonald Tucson office, chosen by the company based on his natural leadership abilities, sincere interest in the success of those who work for him and for the company, and his ability to create cohesive teams. Welcome, Brent. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate being here. Yeah, that's beautiful to have you. I'm going to find out. I'm looking forward to finding out how you do all that stuff in just a minute. And we're going to talk about your wonderful uh, success that you had yesterday. We have the vice president. Mm, vice president. Nearly the big guy, but possibly one day. Jennifer Chenault. Oh, you know Jennifer. Yeah, she's the vice president of Lovett and uh, Touche, uh, right here in Tucson, and a lovely lady. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, Mark. I'm really happy to be here. It's beautiful to have you. And third but not uh, least, Linda Welter. Hello, Linda. Hello, Mark. And welcome. Linda is the CEO of a company called Caliber, or well, the Caliber Group. And we're going to be finding out, uh, well, she's the principal as well, of course, and uh, the you know chief cook and bottle washer and everything else that goes on in a company these days. But she's a great entrepreneur, a veteran <laughs> brand marketing and reputation management strategist, one of the best. She's right here in Tucson, and we do have the best people on Tucson Means Business. So welcome, guys. It's lovely to have you. So let's get down to business. That light's not too bright for you, is it? because I can get the blind closed. Otherwise, it's fine. All righty. Brent, we're going to start with you, if you don't mind. Sure. Just tell us yesterday we celebrated about what? What did you do again? Uh, so, I, you know, I'm fairly new to the to Tucson, so mm -hmm. I lived up in Phoenix for a long time. I just moved down here at the beginning of last year. Uh, so um, one of the ways that, uh, that I, I wanted to get more involved with the community and learn more about Tucson and Southern Arizona was to uh, become a part of the Greater Tucson Leadership Program. So, okay. So we actually just, uh, our class of 2019 just uh, graduated last week. So. Wow, congratulations, yeah. my friend. The, uh, the class of 2019. There huh? we go. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? It's going to be a hell of an alumni every year, isn't it? <laughs> you uh, you lead the Burns and McDonald Tucson office that I talked about you before, of your natural leadership and so on. Um, who are they? What are they? What do they do? Uh, so Burns and McDonald is a engineering architecture construction firm. We're based out of uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I, I've actually been with them ten years. It was just ten years uh, last week. Um, so when I started, there were about twenty four hundred people. Uh, today we've got over seven thousand. We've got uh, offices all over the world. So um, we, you know, Phoenix. Phoenix is one of our main regional offices. We have over a hundred uh, engineers and and uh, project managers and architects there. Uh, like I said, uh, just at the beginning of last year, we opened uh, our Tucson office. We've just, you know, it started with me 
Uh, we've got about five now, so we're, we're hoping to grow and expand here in Tucson. And right. Arizona, so. Well, there you go, from one to five, but 7,000 all across the country, huh? Correct. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that is a big company, isn't it? We're, we're full of professional, uh, what, construction professionals, planners, estimators, uh, economists, technicians, scientists. Correct. Okay. Engineers, architects, yep. Man, the works. So, so you must plan, design, and permit, and, and do all these constructions virtually all over the world then? That, that's correct. Yeah, we've got about 10 different uh, business units. We call them. Okay. Uh, so we do uh, the type of work we do in industries, aviation and federal. Uh, we've got a construction design build team, environmental services, uh, energy, uh, which I'm a part of, global facilities, uh, oil, gas, and chemical, transmission and distribution, and water, wastewater. So. Mm. The gamut. Is there anything you don't do? <laughs> <laughs> wow, fascinating. We're going to come back on that a little more. The vice president of Lavadon Touche. Touche. Touche, Touche. Is another guest today on the panel, Jennifer Chenault, who came to Lovett and Touche with more than 15 years of successful organizational management experience within the higher education industry. On a personal note, Jennifer is a former Bostonian. We will not hold that against her. A food and wife aficionado, mama bear of two cubs, and a blackjack table warmer. Now, when I was doing my research on this, I thought, oh my God, what the hell? Does she lay all over the table and warm up the table before they play? Or what's the deal on that one, Jennifer? Tell me. Oh, gosh. You know, Mark, to start off, a blackjack warmer <laughs> is kind of an inside term for someone that when you step up to a table, if it's going cold in Vegas, either you can help turn it cold or you can help turn it warm. When you turn it warm, everyone's winning. Oh, so, um, I've the, been known to do that. There you go. So what do I know about gambling? Eh? We'll never no, clean. I don't lay all over the table. I think that I would probably be banned from, from all the, the uh, Vegas casinos. All right. All right. Fair enough. Now, um, Bostonian, isn't that where one of my favorite television shows ever was produced? Uh, Cheers. Yes, sir. Oh, God, yes. I loved that show. Is that a real bar there? It, in... it is. I lived in Boston for about 10 years, and I actually would walk by Cheers almost every day. I'd love yeah. to go there one day when I get to see a bit more of America, you know. Oh, Tell us a little place. bit about that experience, would you please, Jennifer, of, uh, of what you've been doing for the 15 years of successful management? Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. So my background um, really is, was developed at the University of Phoenix. Um, at University of Phoenix, I spent about 15 years as the director of enrollment. Um, within that role, I learned everything there was to learn about Developing individuals, helping organizations get to their highest levels, um, working with virtual teams, and then everything kind of in between. Part of my role was to attract and retain students and develop programs. So with that, I really learned a lot about what businesses need and what they want. And um, through that position, I was able to transition those skills into my new career, which is with insurance with Love It Touche. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, you are known, though, for being passionate about helping businesses succeed. Yes. This uh, is, you know, through problem solving and from what I can find out about you, navigating risk management, but very good at organizational strategy. Well, I think that the, the you know, the root of everything comes from how the organi organization is, is, uh, is pretty much you know, designed. Um, you can put together a risk management profile, but without that organizational background, mm -hmm. um, you might as well use you know, start from scratch. So um, what I do is I bring a team in and I pick the experts within their field, depending on the class mm -hmm. of business, and then we work with them. Okay, very smart. So, yeah. so in effect, the, it's, this has given you uh, extensive experience in training, 
uh, along with development, human resources and operations. Would that be fair to say that? I think it would be fair. Um, You know, there's a lot more to... um, the thing that I really enjoy about insurance is I don't talk about insurance a lot. I talk more about where does that organization want to be in the future? Mm -hmm. And then we like to partner with that organization to help get them there. So it's really more of a, it's more of a consultant in a, a, a fact-finding role. <laughs> <laughs> You're focused uh, on community development uh, with a strong belief in supporting the local community. And in fact, uh, you serve as the president of Greater Tucson Leadership. Is that correct? That is correct. And I was pleased to uh, see Brent here with me as our graduation ceremony was last week. I was um, able to give the closing uh, the closing comments, and it was such a pleasure to see about 300 folks at the Fox Theater and the kind of impact that when the class started and how they grew throughout that nine-month program and what, you know, what was cross- what type of impact that made for them mm-hmm. as they were crossing the stage and getting their diplomas. Oh, it'll be a great night. Yeah, very yeah. exciting. So, yeah, Jennifer, she is an amazing woman. It's amazing the support that <laughs> well, she Well, that's gives. why she's on this yeah. show, man. I mean, you know, I mean, you've got to be up there to <laughs> get here. I mean, uh, she's an ambassador for the Arizona Tech Council. Yes, I am. Um, I, I chose to become an ambassador for the Tech Council because I believe that part of uh, Tucson's future is to develop business and to be business friendly. And what the Tech Council does is it's an association that um, really does help new businesses and new startups form connections so that they can be successful. So we're actually having an event tomorrow at the um, Hacienda del Sol. It's a women in the workforce event. Mm. And that should be pretty exciting. And if you're interested, you know, you can still actually register or just show up. That's fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, I I had an interesting story I'll share with you on that. I had a show last year here on, uh, on my station and it was called No Glass Ceiling. Ah. And it was about women in Tucson because we are a very productive city. You're going to find this out, Brent. Yeah. There's nothing in Montana like goes on here, i got to tell you. <laughs> All you've got is blue skies up there, bro. Blue a lot of talk, right. blue skies, and nothing else, you know. But here's sure. the deal. Um, uh, and then I got a letter from a lawyer, would you believe, uh, in California saying you can't can't do that show. And I said, why not? <laughs> well, there's a lady online who, who's got a show called a No Glass Ceiling. So I went online, and there, sure enough, there was on YouTube. So that finished that. But I like that one. That's, well, how interesting. Isn't yeah, that? You, you have to watch careful. your back. Linda Walter, you'd know stuff about that. I mean, I mean, you are the CEO of a company dealing in, you know, uh, high-level media, veteran brand marketing. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, you're CEO and principal of the Caliber Group. Who? The Caliber Group. And reputation management strategist based here in Tucson. I mean, for more than 20 years, your experience creating, repositioning, protecting brand reputations, that's a hell of a job. How do you keep up? with that these days (laughs) how do we keep up with it I think we try to stay one step ahead of the competition and we're always learning lifelong learning is a is a value that one of our core values at our company Um, our business as well as our profession is changing constantly so the way we keep ahead of that is is we have a commitment to learning, growing, stretching, and being the best that we can be. Well, uh, as CEO and principal of the Caliber Group, you're responsible for managing and growing uh, Caliber's business through product and service innovations, um, leadership, recruitment, and development, obviously. Give us an idea of what product and service innovations would look like to us in a vision here on the table, as an example. Well, we actually, so our team is very focused on not only for our own company developing products and services that 
are relevant, fresh, and new. So that may take the form of um, new services that we didn't provide a year ago by listening to what our customers need. So one example is over the course of the past decade, we found that many of our clients who come to us are usually in a situation of either starting up a brand new company mm -hmm. or it's a mature company that needs to reposition because their sales have stalled. So during the course of helping clients, they come to us with, oh, I need a new website or I need a, a PR plan, for example. But when we really roll up our sleeves and get into it, we find out that what they really need is a new business plan. Right. So a service of ours that has greatly evolved over the past decade is um, really helping our clients develop organizational and business plans because it's so closely tied to the success of their marketing well, and PR ever, yeah. campaigns. Very much so. Because let's face it, a lot of even CEOs, they forget that it's a, leaving, it's a living, breathing thing, a business, a firm, a company, and that business plan has to change. Has to change. It, you know, 10 years evolve, ago when you wrote it to get the investments all very well, but but, you know, you've got to keep working on it, haven't you, to bring it up to up to speed. Absolutely. So sales and marketing campaigns, what would you do there? What would the Caliber Group get involved with there as an example? So for our own company, of course, we're always selling. We're always looking for new client relationships that are a good fit with us, as well as our being a good fit for our clients. So we're constantly marketing who we are, what our brand difference is in terms of our competition. Uh Everyone in our firm is working on business development and sales at, mm -hmm. at our firm. But for clients, we help them do the same as well. And it starts with a really sol solid business plan, a solid marketing plan, mm -hmm. really making sure that the right goals and objectives um, are determined. Everyone is on the same page. There's consensus among the leadership team uh, about those goals and objectives. And then from there, the right plan can be developed. And okay. So what I hear you saying is this is good. You, you actually have the leadership team sit around a table, you know, and, and you, uh, you have to be honest you know, if you've got a, uh, I can't say that, if you've got, um, you know, something, someone that doesn't really fit that energy bill that's going on, it could affect the whole team. Mm -hmm. So you consequently have to uh, really be sure everybody's on board. So the whole momentum, right, and the whole go forward for the company is going to turn. Right. And you notice right. those sorts of things and you, you report that back to the CEO, the board. We have to be honest and we have to have a very trusting relationship with our clients that they're listening to our counsel and that hmm. we have the ability to tell them what they need to know, even though it might not always be what they want to hear. And that has always <laughs> been our motto because that's how we can effectively help right. um, organizations grow and go to the next level. Well, I mean, you know, we, uh, I say this nicely, you've been around the block a little bit. You've served as a vice president of marketing and public relations for a financial institution. Uh, that's no mean feat. And an account executive for advertising and a public relations agency as well. Well, and you're currently a board member of the Tucson Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce, uh, an advisory board member of the U of A College of Science, currently, and a member of the Women's President Organization, WPO, right? Yes. The American Advertising Federation of Tucson, EFT, and the Public Relations Society of America, Counselors Academy, and the Tucson Breakfast Club. When do you go home? 
late. <laughs> wow. Owning a, owning a business is a 24-7 Heavens venture. above. You're not married, are you? Because I don't think anybody would put up with it, would they? <laughs> no comment. Brent, what are you laughing at? Come on here. <clears throat> okay, so uh, where are we with you? I want to come back on you because uh, uh, interesting. You know, we're, we're, we're Montana. Originally from Butte, Montana. Butte, yeah. Montana. I've heard of that. You've heard of other okay, small Butte, town. Yeah. Butte, Montana. <laughs> what exactly is your role in the overall scheme of things as far as uh, your company that you're working for now? Right. So in uh, uh, Burns and McDonald, I'm in our energy group. So we we do a lot of uh, uh, power plant work. Um, I function as an electrical engineer, as a project manager. Uh, so I've um, over the last uh, about nine years, I've run our engineering service provider program with uh, Tucson Electric Power. So a lot of their different uh, gas and um, uh, fired in uh, reciprocating uh, uh, power plants. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, new new builds and plant upgrade type works. Mm. Um, so that was uh, any massive changes coming for for those companies. I mean, we getting everybody's talking wind, solar, this, that. You know, I mean, uh, do you work on that as well? The potential of the future. We we do. Yeah, we have groups that focus on renewables, like the wind and solar projects. Other groups that work on the traditional, you know, gas and coal fired power plants. And stuff okay. Like that. So, what yeah. what do you like working on the best? Is there anything? <laughs> you know, the the old traditional plants. There's there's a lot more uh, involved, a lot more engineering involved with those. Mm. But if uh, I guess fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of those are going away. Obviously, with the you know renewable coming online, what's going to happen to all that scrap metal? Tell me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's got to be money or quit in there somehow, huh? Right, right. Well, right. sure for the non for, not for profits. So that's what we should do. Sell it all up. What about your team? What what does your team do? Uh, I mean, do do you sort of start like a normal company in the morning and you plan what the day's going to be and you you uh, basically supervise what the team's going to do and give them the jobs or what what happens? Yeah. So right now, in, you know, in Tucson, we're obviously we're we're growing. We're only five people, so we're, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades at this point. <laughs> right. Sometimes I'm doing engineering, sometimes project management, sometimes we're trying to hire, you know, new engineers. So um, we, we here in Tucson, we're doing, um, like I said, work for Tucson Electric Power. Uh, we're starting to do some work for their transmission and distribution group. Uh, we, we recently hired a, a project manager that's done a lot of work for the University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to do a few projects with them. Um, then also in, you know, Tucson's kind of the epicenter of mining. There's a ton of copper mining. Well, there's a lot going on now, isn't there? Right. Uh, we're, we're getting back in the Tucson is like the right. uh, the hub of America at the moment. Everybody's coming here. There, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I tell you what. Uh, do you like that, Jennifer, that there's a lot going on for our city? Uh, you know, I do. I think that... Um you know, 25 years ago, one of my struggles was I came from downtown Boston to Tucson, Arizona on July 4th. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was quite a, um, a culture shock. Yeah. And so I'm really pleased with the growth that we that we see in, in, in Tucson. Right. Uh, I'm looking forward to more growth, of course. Yeah. And uh, I think it will keep all of us, you know, employed. We need it. We need it. We, you know, we're sick of being the small cousin down the exactly. road from Phoenix. You know, exactly. I lived there for 10 years oh. and I got sick of cooking eggs on the road. It was that hot, you know. So, you know, <laughs> uh, let's look at some of the past uh, board involvement for you, Jennifer. Casa de la Luz board yes. member, uh, YWCA, the Pop Event Chair, Oro Valley Community Foundation as a board member, the Idea School as a board member, Secretary and Treasurer of the American Heart Association. So you'd know my good friend Howard. 
Yes. All right. Yes, I do. And he's been on the show, and he's nuts about his fly twos on, isn't he? Huh? He sure is. <laughs> he's, a, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, he is a lovely <laughs> fellow. And uh, in fact, he was going to be on next week, but he can't make it. But he'll be back on again. Because uh, I believe in the fly Tucson thing. I'm supporting him yes. in that and want to get on with that. It's really important. It's for very important. I think it is for Tucson. But would it be fair to ask, uh, what was your favorite out of that lot? <laughs> you know, Mark, I think that isn't fair to ask because that's like picking your favorite child. Um, you know, what I when I started at Love at Touche, you know, I hadn't really had any board experience. So I think with each board that I became involved in, I just learned something different and it got me to the next level. Um, so I really honestly can't say this was my favorite. Plus, anyone that's listening, if I did identify them, I, I might not be in good favor. All right. Um, we'll get to stick to work then. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what is a dual licensed in property and casualty? Sure, sure. Um, well, actually, I'm a dual licensed um, agent, basically, which means that I can work within property casualty as well as employee benefits. Mm-hmm. And, that's that, and, and health insurance, yes. Health insurance, okay, exactly. All right. So um, my role is really unique. Uh, most people either choose to go into commercial insurance or to go to employee benefits. But um, with my background and with my expertise in, in business, I chose to kind of do both, um, which has been which has proven really successful. And um, I must add that I'm backed by a a super strong team. Mm -hmm. And without them, um, that type of work wouldn't have been possible. Well, I was going to say, see, my my thinking here is how different it is that industry. And as tough as the industry is, Mm -hmm. regulations, the changes, what you've got to do in exams, pass all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was some time back, one of my roles in life was an agent and then a a broker. But the reality is... um, I wasn't allowed to do any loans. I wasn't allowed to do another side of the business that at times would have been extremely helpful if I could have. Mm -hmm. And here you are in a totally different industry, right, that, uh, you know, supports that role, which is quite interesting. Yes. I I, I really enjoy it. And I think, you know, to Linda's point, um, when you asked her, when does she sleep? Well, this is almost like a life. It's a lifestyle. This is not a... It begins and it ends from eight to five. Um, you know, I've fully embraced the that my position is is an all the time kind of position. Right. You know, I walk into a room and maybe I'll meet somebody that has some some pain points that they're currently not um, getting served. So it's it's something that you really have to be passionate about. So let me ask you this, Jennifer: Does a master's degree in organizational management really help businesses solve their problems? You know, with a, a specialized team approach. Do you think? Well, I think it's who you know holds the master's degree, of course. But um, with education, it's it's what you it's what you actually learn, and I think it's a differentiator. Um, the educational piece that I bring to the table is is such that I can speak to the to the CFO about a, a PNL. I can speak to the human resources about recruitment, um, and then what um, I'm going to use a reference to, to Boston a little bit. So whether you like Tom Brady as the quarterback <laughs> or if you like Aaron Rodgers, I Rogers, like Tom Brady too. I like Tom Brady. Yes, um, I'm the Tom Brady of the team. So I'm okay. you know I put the team together, I throw the ball down, mm-hmm. and then they catch it. You so. didn't deflate any air, though, did you? Uh, never. That was that was <laughs> not a truth. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Oh, dear. Well, dear, I did dear. throw Aaron Rodgers out there, just in case. Very but, uh, good. Very good. You know, no, Boston's a lot of Irish, isn't it? Do you have any Irish descent? Um, actually, Irish-Italian. Irish-Italian. Mm-hmm. There yes. you go. But I wouldn't like to get on the wrong side of you. Bye, gee, Brent. No, 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 no. <laughs> tell you what. You establish long-term relationships, so you can't 
belt too many around the ears, I guess. You built it on trust. So give us an example of how that may come about, if you will. How how do you work on somebody's psyche to always be trusting to you? Well, that's that's an interesting question. What what I first approach is is that I'm a very giving individual. So I work on like the servant leadership approach, which is I'm always looking for ways that I can enhance that relationship without any expectation of receiving something in return. And over the past six years, that's proven to be a really good strategy. Mm-hmm. So I'm continuously looking for ways to connect people. Um, with some of my clients and some of my, my prospects, I help them hire. Um, I bring people that are unemployed to the connections that are looking for the right fit. Um, that's where my community work drives from. That's where I, I speak. I've spoken at TEP about leadership. And I do all of that um, because if we don't do all of that, then who is going to do that? And I do it without any expectation. That's what I mean by building the relationships of trust. Hmm. Fair enough. That's, that's good enough for me. You know your stuff, don't you? <laughs> Caliber. It's an innovative brand, marketing, public relations, and digital firm based in Tucson. And it represents clients who engage with audiences across the state, but also the U.S. and internationally. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Where internationally, may I ask you, young Linda, would your clients be? Well, many of our clients market globally. So uh, our strategies... uh, across all borders. Uh, Many of those strategies are deployed through digital and social marketing strategies. Mm -hmm. Um, Just yesterday, we uh, had a call with someone from Australia who's uh, expanding in the U.S., a technology and ag tech company. Oh, cool. Good on them. Really, really a cool company. We're excited about the possibility of working with them. So That's good. Um, Do you understand them when you talk on the phone? Absolutely. <laughs> understand them. And when we don't, we ask for clarification. <laughs> I'll come down. And, and then we uh, all giggle a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm a little more, uh, what's the word, because I was in the media for so many years, you know, whereas if I was going to be Ocker and I, and I was going to be what we call swine, because swine is the actual uh, slang of the Australian language. I'd be going, yeah, all right, mate. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> so, because, you know, we were and still are a British colony. <laughs> but we love the Queen. Love the Queen. I'm a great believer in keeping it. You know, I used to stand there with my little flag and wave, God love her. All right. Um, more than two decades. What? <laughs> For more than two decades now, you've served Are you watching to- The Crown, by the way? Yeah, you know. Isn't that incredible, that uh, the, the Markle thing, though? You know, marrying an American and marrying into that's another story. I, I think yeah, that's, that's fabulous. That's indication <laughs> of change. And that just goes to show you anybody can make it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's marvelous. Little princesses out there with big dreams. You never know you're like in a big city. Right. All right. Now, mature brands, you start brands, you face a challenge that requires breakthrough thinking. Boy, is that like me at three in the morning when you wake up with all these ideas all the time? Strategy, relationships, key influences to achieve successful outcomes. Give me an example. Brent, give her a hard one. You've got an engineering problem. You want to get into the States because this is where the big population is. See, in Australia, we've only got 25 million. We're an island continent surrounded by water. God, I miss that, I tell you. (laughs) I miss the beach. But anyway, um, we could only go so far. 
Now, you look to America with 264 million and the leaders of the world in promotional and, and business and entrepreneurship and so on and so on, supposed to be anyway. And you want to get in over here because you made it. If you can crack it in the States, you've made it. What would you do with Brent's company? Actually, Brent, give me a real challenge. All righty. Goody. On air. I love this. Uh, but you got a minute to do it in, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> when you're comfortable sharing. Uh, there you go. Um, I don't know. As an example, so like I said, moving to Tucson, uh, we're, we're trying to get more mining work. Um, mm -hmm. So I, mm -hmm. I know I've been doing a lot of business development over the, the last couple of years. So um, I don't know. How, how would you help me break into that industry? Well, I'd start with asking you, how have you been successful in the past? What's worked? What hasn't worked? I would ask you about your company reputation. What is your current reputation? Is there anything about your reputation that's helping you with your business development or getting in the way? So basically a SWOT analysis sure. of your strengths, your weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So we'd walk through that process. Um, I'd also ask you about your target audience. Do you really understand who the decision makers are? From there, we would build out what we call audience personas. We understand their demographics, psychographics, their values, where they get their news and information from, and we use all of that information to figure out how to approach each type of target audience that you're trying to reach. Here in Southern Arizona, there are groups dedicated to where mining professionals are meeting regularly very relationship-oriented. I'd make sure that I signed up for those groups. And I would get into a leadership position so they can see your leadership skills, your thinking, and have exposure with those executives in this market. And then from there, um, again, we'd have to do an analysis of how you're currently marketing through advertising, digital, social, PR, and the other means that, that you might already be marketing at. But we do an audit when we work with with our clients to see what's working, what's not, and then we make recommendations that are very specific. Wow. That was fantastic. I think we need to hire. Yeah. <laughs> but can you afford it? <laughs> well, there you go. So, so we're, um, <laughs> and a 15% here that I get, okay, uh, you know, right. for this business introduction, cut, right. I, I need to know, where do we build you, Brent? What, what's the correct, and I don't want a P.O. box either, please. <laughs> Where's the company situated? <laughs> very good, Linda. Very good. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. See, experts on Tucson Means Business here are on Tucson Business Radio X that I'm grateful for because I wouldn't be here without the 49ers Golf and Country Club here in Tucson. This is the Phoenix Club. It's the hidden gem of the desert, I tell you, because it's back in full flight. And on June 28th is a big date for them. Um, Everybody can't forget this, particularly if you've a family with kiddies. It's programmed over two lakes of the 49ers, the best fireworks deal in town. Now, remember, it's an all-inclusive family event, and the tickets are available right now on the 49ers website, and that's www.49ercc.com. All right? And one other dimension is the Junior Recreation Camp. Moms love this thing. Gives them a break. It's an amazing fun time for the kids through July. It's only a day. They come home at night. Darn it. I thought it. No. But they're at least gone for the day. All right? It isn't about golf, folks. This, the real estate there and the 49er grounds lends itself to all the sorts of activities for the kids. They have a ball. Trust me. And details are on the 49er website. It's a nice new website now. The 49ercc.com. Dub, dub, dub. That's www.49ercc.com.
Com. Everything's on there. But the boom and boom, that's going to be terrific, you know, the fireworks and that. So have a family thing out. And uh, my great thank you to uh, the 49ers Golf and Country Club, who are the proud sponsors of Tucson Means Business. You are currently listening to Tucson Means Business on Business Radio X with your host, Mark Bishop. And now back to the show. Now, we're down to business with you, young Brent. You're not going to get off the hook that easy. No. Tell us <laughs> tell us a little more about Burns and McDonald. Uh, well, the company itself is about, it's over 120 years old. It was founded in 1898 uh, by two gentlemen. Um, but uh, in about 1970, we were taken over by Armco Steel. We were bought by Armco Steel. Um, and in the 80s, um, when the economy was kind of taking a downturn, uh, Armco needed the cash, so they um, uh, put uh, Burns & Mac, the, the technical services division, up for sale. And mm-hmm. so about 1985, that was um, some of the executives in Burns & Mac got together and uh, made an offer to buy out the company and form an ESOP, so an employee stock ownership Ah, the ESOP, of course. Yeah, that's the Employee Stock Ownership Plan. Right. Okay. And so um, it was kind of an interesting story. They were denied by a lot of banks, and Armco kept refusing their offers. But uh, one bank in Missouri actually gave them uh, an opportunity to get a mortgage. Um, And with that, there were about, I think, 10 guys that got together. They had some of them had to even mortgage their houses. Right. (laughs) And they had to make a a deal that if they, you know, they couldn't make a mortgage payment, they couldn't get a salary for the year. Well, I bet you. And do you know that bank? Just, I I don't mean to put you on the spot or anything, but Um, uh, just as a matter of interest. Um, I, I don't. I'll have to get Okay. That. That's worth finding out yeah, because no, sure. uh, who had the guts to stick with them back in those days? You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. It's terrific. And uh, I had a show, oh, I think it was about five months ago, with a local bank here that's only opened up two years ago. And the uh, Commerce Bank of Tucson I had the board on with the show. Nice bunch of blokes, I tell you. Not stuff shirts either. You know what I mean? And uh, really nice guys. And they have exploded with that bank because of the support for local business. And, uh, you know... They look for things. They, they would have loved one of your guys back right. in the 1800s, you know. Right. <laughs> because look at you now. Look how large you are as a corporation around the world, right. you know. That's fantastic. So what type of projects? I know you mentioned a few here in Tucson, but all around the world. What does Burns and McDonald now get into? Uh, so I think um, I'd mentioned earlier, so Burns and Mac consists of about, we call them uh, global practices or business units. So we have about 10 different business units. So they range from uh, aviation and federal uh, so working a lot with the, like the military, with airports and stuff like that. Then uh, a business and technology solutions group, a lot of smart guys that do mm-hmm. uh, uh, security, you know, for, for utilities and, and different companies. Um, we have a construction design build group. We can uh, now start self-performing construction. Okay. We recently bought two construction firms. We do mm-hmm. a lot of construction management. Uh, we've got uh, environmental services, uh, energy uh, global facilities um, with that group. You know, we're, we're doing work with uh, the University of Arizona now. That's right. This is in the in the local uh, local area. Correct. Right. right so. Is mining a um, you know a, a leadership uh, unit as far as the the firm is concerned? <clears throat> so we can actually do mining work out of a, a a number of our different global practices. Obviously, they need uh, you know they have generation. They need transmission and distribution. They've got a lot of substations. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, you know, water treatment. They have need environmental services. So uh, many of our different practices, you know, that we use to to do mining work. So. Wow, it's fascinating. So uh, you, you're settled now. Are you married? 
I am married. Yeah. Yeah. Got any uh, little ones? I do have one daughter, so three, okay. she's three and a half. Yeah, yeah. so how long have you been now in Tucson? Uh, just since last January. So okay, so it's still relatively early. It is, but we're really, really... You're settling in and what have yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. And she, are you used to the heat? We haven't had much, you know, yeah. only till now. Like I said, I lived in uh, Phoenix for 17 years. So oh, it's, okay. It's yeah. actually cooler it's down here. It's worse there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's much cooler down here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love it and touche. Oh, they, this is the wrong one. Yeah, I don't want to do this one. Oh, no. That's way back. Here we go. How, Jennifer, how yes. did you come to, to, you know, join Love it and touche anyway? Oh, well, thanks for asking. That question is um, actually goes kind of back to change. Change is inevitable. You know, if you're not changing, you're not growing. Mm -hmm. Um, With the University of Phoenix, with uh, some of the changes that that organization was going through, I was found um, my position was eliminated. And I had the opportunity to either stay with the University of Phoenix and move to Phoenix or um, or not. And I chose the latter. And um, Lavatouche contacted me. I think through some of the connections that I have, uh, we went kind of back and forth. I call it we were doing the dating circle a little bit for a couple <laughs> months and um, never thought of getting into insurance, never in my whole life. Well, I need to ask you then, uh, based on your last answer, mm-hmm. but what makes Lovett and Touche stand out from other insurance and risk management firms, do you think? And that's a great question, too. Um one of the big attractions for me is the the team support. So, as a as a producer, as a, as part of the sales team, which is also part of my role, um, I'm really good at opening doors. I'm really good at the conversation. I'm very good at connecting with people. But technically, that's something that you know you cannot you not you can't bring somebody brand new into the field and have that technical capability after just a few years. So I work with um, individuals that support me that have up to 30, 35 years of experience within certain segments. Mm -hmm. And we have segments such as construction, manufacturing, schools, nonprofits. And each of those team members have their own specialization. So I really attribute to that that model Mm -hmm. with my success. Very good. So um, in the research I could find out as well, What's the, what's the deal, the opportunities, the recent merger that you made with uh, Marsh and McLennan, is it? Yes. Uh, what yes. has that opened up for Lovett and Touche? Well, it's opened up some incredible, um, incredible opportunities. Uh, first and foremost, what we're really excited about, we're, we're pretty much a team of 200 uh, local employees between Phoenix, Tempe office, and Tucson. Um, we've been able to retain our leadership. We've been able to retain our service model and our culture. That was really important to Stephen and Charlie Touche. With the merger with Marsha McLennan, what we get is we get a national powerhouse, and they're focused on that mid-sized business that tends to get kind of left alone. Um, Mid-sized business is is an area in our uh, wheelhouse Mm -hmm. that... MMA, otherwise known as Marsha McLennan, um, really focuses in on. And what they do is they have a best-in-class insurance um, program. Mm-hmm. They work on risk management and employee benefits just like we did. So okay. it, was a mar- it was a very good marriage. It was a good marriage. But when something happens like this, do they sit down and discuss what name it's going to be? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so it was funny because we all had a meeting on April 1st, and the big joke was, no, we didn't do this because for years um, the rumor has always been that Love and Touche will will sell because there is no um, you know secession plan as far as from a locally owned family owned business. Right. So when the word came out, yes, absolutely, we're going to be continue to be Love at Touche, but without 
Love a Touche and then right underneath a Marsh McLennan agency. Hmm. And we're continuing our operations just like before here, but we just have that national reach. So when you inherited all their database, all their clients, it was very much a, you know, hello, this is who we are. Yes. Uh, don't run off. Don't be frightened. We're going <laughs> to pamper you better than you've ever had. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, one thing that I'm really, um, I'm really pleased to see is that we're the first uh, merger in Arizona. And I had the opportunity to meet with all of the leadership team about four weeks ago in Florida. Um, it was a whirlwind. Three days, met 450 people. Um, fun, but seriously, talk about some really strong technical and leadership opportunities there. Um, we we just overnight grew to $1.2 billion company. Oh. And what I saw there, though, was that culture. It was almost like, just like what I'm used to, but just... Mm-hmm. 450 more people, right. 500 more people. So, uh, And how do, how do the staff feel about it? Was there a, you know, I mean... Well, I think with at first, you know, I've been through these kinds of changes in my previous career, and it's always something of, you know, change and uncertainty is not something adults tend to, to thrive under. Hmm. Um, so... Well, that's why I asked the question. (laughs) Yeah, and what I've seen is, um, I think what speaks to it is out of our 200 employees, we've we've retained um, all of them. And so it's been about three months. Uh, We haven't seen anything as far as, you know, we were required to adopt any strange culture or anything like that. We're still us. We just have that added capability, which we're excited about. Well, I, I wish you well. And, and let's. Uh, and now, Stephen, you mentioned two names there. Yes, yes. Uh, Cher, who are they? When yeah, they're sure. Stephen Chichet is our, our, our president, mm-hmm. and um, he actually was one of the individuals that hired me. Uh, we instantly bonded. I loved his, uh, I love his ethics. I love how he's a straight shooter. He's been in the business forever. Forever. <laughs> um, his brother, Charlie, is our CEO. He's based in the Tempe office. Mm-hmm. And um, the bo- both brothers are finding themselves, you know, kind of as at the aging end but, but, of the But was spectrum. this founded in Phoenix? No, this was founded in Tucson. And our headquarters is still in Tucson, I was right? going to say, I yes. thought you mentioned that earlier. It's a yeah. Tucson founded. This is a Tucson founded. That's amazing. Back in the 1800s, huh? Uh, back in 1911. <laughs> that one will do. 1911, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. Yes. <laughs> and one thing that I'm also, I have to, I just have to add and toot she our own horn. She was serious when she was talking about aging. <laughs> I was. You know, that's one of the challenges that we're facing in the Tucson community is that we have mm-hmm. an aging population of leadership and then right. we have... Um, folks that are coming up through the ranks. Mm -hmm. One thing that really impressed me too is that when the when the economy really took a turn back in you know oh eight, yeah. you know, Charlie Touche, he made a commitment, he did not lay anyone off. And that's your guts. He puts a lot and also Stephen puts a lot of of their efforts and their finances back into the organization rather You know why it's such a good organization? Have a guess. I'll give you one guess. The people. (laughs) Yeah, but what else? Uh, the culture. And what else? You, I don't, you have to help me here. <laughs> Where did it originate from? Well, it originated Tucson. in Tucson. Yeah, I'll say no more. I'll rest and, my and case. And we do have our headquarters at uh, Speedway and Cold. You are currently president of the board of the Greater Tucson Leadership. Yes, I am. How has serving in that position been challenging and, if anything, rewarding for you? 
Well, I can say it's been much more rewarding than challenging. Um, just to take the challenge piece first, I think the biggest challenge is trying to explain when you have somebody that's interested in the program exactly what the program is about. Mm -hmm. Because leadership is something that you can't always define. It comes in many different ways. Right. And so everyone's experience, and, and Brent just went through the program, his experience is very different than my experience when I went through the program. So I think that that's a challenge is putting something that maybe has a little bit of ambiguity to it mm -hmm. into a, into a, um, like a little bullet point. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the great thing about being on the board is of course the board members were so fully focused in on developing, um, helping leaders in the community, both experienced and up and coming. We're always looking for opportunities right. for those individuals and, um, and the program is thriving. Well, that's, that's a problem today. You know, in, in my era, so to speak, growing up and, you know, work, a lot of guys were scared stiff to leave a job if they didn't stick there at least five years, you know, that's uh, very true. consistency and all the rest of it. These days in the modern day, you know, it's expected only for a couple of years and they move on. Right. You know, I was before my time. <laughs> I don't tell you how many moves I had. But I was in careers and industries where you had to. You had to take the breaks when they were given. You had to get up the ladder the best mm -hmm. way you could. And so I, for me, I mean, for instance, I lived all over Australia because of that. My radio and television career took me where wow. I didn't have a choice. Wow. So needless to say, that's why I never married till I was 47, you know. <laughs> People don't like to move too much, you know. Well, and that's one of our challenges in Tucson. It's, it's workforce development. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm pretty passionate about that because you know who will fill the boots when the leaders that we see today mm -hmm. are no longer filling those spaces well that's the other ones miss caliber linda linda welter you'll talk about effective leaders what does it take to be an effective leader mm. do you have about three hours you, you, you've got one minute <laughs> one minute okay well it it really takes uh the ability to um problem solve, the ability to have vision, um, to understand um, where you're going, where you need to go, and also the ability to motivate, lead, and inspire teams. Mm -hmm. So when you take these companies on as clients, as an example, do you ever touch on... Uh, let's say performance plans that are tied to you know the company's values? Um, do, do you ever try to set things up like that as far as a company is concerned? Do you advise on those areas? I, it starts usually with uh, looking at, uh, you know, the values that are important to the organizations that we work with. So uh, many times we'll walk into an organization and they have a list of 20 values. And no one can remember a list of 20 values. So one of the things that we do is not only help organizations distill down what's really important, what those top three, four, five values are, that because mm -hmm. there, there are um, sub-themes to each of those values. So we help organizations distill that down because it's part of their brand story. It's right. part of their messaging. It's, mm -hmm. But it's more than that. Everyone thinks of branding as a new logo, a new tagline, a new look and feel. They're focused on graphic design, colors, it's much more than that. Sure. Values are a core part yeah. of a brand mm. strategy. Yeah. And living the values and how you exemplify those is a core part of how organizations are successful, not only in their marketing, but also developing their culture and developing their team. Right. So right. one of the things that we do at Caliber 
to live our core values is we develop performance plans or success plans as we call them at Caliber Mm -hmm. that tie our values into um, measuring progress for um, you know exemplifying our brand so it's something that's really been successful right it helps to go over and above too doesn't it right right. everybody to pitch in a little harder well it's it's not just about that it's about um, our employees thinking about um, exemplifying those core values in everything that they do and the services that we provide, how we communicate with our clients, how we communicate with each other. Um, integrity, for example, is one of our core values. So an example might be you have a problem arise and there are two different paths that you can take to approach that problem and there's a lot of gray in those paths. Right. So at the end of the day, we always... You, integrity is one of our um, filters when we're making decisions, for mm-hmm. example. So we talk about that and we, and we constantly um, um, make it part of our conversation. So we're always remembering that um, ethics and integrity are the right way to do business. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you might not say make money on a particular project, but if you do the right thing at the end of the day and the mm-hmm. client is happy, they're going to remember that over a lifetime and they're going to refer you. Very good odds. They'll stay with you too right. from the tough times. In the five minutes or so we've got left, I'd like to get through a couple of topics with you here. Well, the topic basically is best advice to businesses. I'm asking Linda Welter, the CEO of the Caliber Group, and what about competing in a highly competitive changing industry? What are your thoughts on that Whether when you get a client you know, who needs advising in that area? Um, uh, clients come to us, and they those that are not staying ahead with the times, they usually have a different set of problems when they come to us, and they don't realize it's because they haven't evolved and changed mm-hmm. uh, to stay competitive. So maybe the services that they're offering aren't as relevant today, or um, maybe they're priced inappropriately, some too high, some too low. Mm-hmm. Um, too high, not gaining new customers, too low, um, losing money. Yeah. And the business can't stay around. What about the common business mistakes that are made today? What are you noticing there? Common mistakes. Oh, many, unfortunately. Um, I would say some of the most common mistakes are not having a really clearly defined business plan, goals, and objectives, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, uh, leadership teams that are not aligned with those goals and objectives. They have their different interpretation of what are high priorities, and it's really important for the leadership of an organization to clearly communicate Mm -hmm. what those priorities are, and that's a filter for decision-making. I also think that some of the top mistakes, too, are communication. (laughs) I see companies having major problems with not only how they're communicating externally, with all of their stakeholders, whether it be public officials, customers, right. um, uh, um, all of their external stakeholders, but not communicating effectively internally with their own employees. And a lot of that has to do with um, not hiring the right people to fill those seats and also the lack of training. What about, um, you know, we're advising business owners now being resilient when those times get really tough resilient, right? How do you, how do you teach that to somebody? Mm. You really can't teach that. You're born with that or you're not born with that. Um, Some people can refine that 
and improve it over time, but you either have grit or you don't. Mm -hmm. And those that have grit are able to rise to the challenge when they're ta when they're faced with tough times. Mm -hmm. And and there are others who need to follow the leaders who are rising to the challenge and and, right. who, and basically follow their example. So there's uh, products and services. Uh, a company needs to be innovative on what they're trying to do to get out there in the marketplace. Succession planning, uh, getting traction. And building a, a culture of accountability, mm -hmm. that would be important, would it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you hear so many people talking about these great ideas and plans that they have, but they don't have the ability to implement. And that tends to be an ongoing problem that we see. Some of the best ideas never get off the ground because Yeah, they that's don't. a real shame, isn't it? It, it is. A heartbreak. It is, and you have to have uh, people on your team who know how to make things happen. So traction is absolutely critical to business success. Thank you. Very, very good. Some good sound advice there from Linda Walter. And Jennifer, in closing with you, do you, uh, do you feel there's room for aspiring leaders in Tucson? Oh, I do. I do feel that not only is there room, but there, there's there's so many opportunities. And, you know, to Linda's point, too, and I couldn't agree with her more in, in her statements, um, one thing that Greater Tucson Leadership does is we focus on strengths finders. And what strengths finders teaches us is that we have top three strengths that we should really be focusing on and then surround ourselves with people that have, this, have the strengths that you don't personally have. Um, I see that in my clients. I see that in the Greater Tucson Leadership class. I see that in the board. Mm -hmm. And, you know, leadership, I started by saying leadership comes in many different forms. Mm -hmm. um, one such form is we tend to, to put a lot of attention on people that are really extroverted and say that that's a leader. There's a lot of leadership opportunities for someone that is introverted, somebody that can execute a plan. Mm -hmm. The extroverts tend to have those um, big ideas. <laughs> and then those introverts have a tendency to get organized and to make it happen. Oh, yeah. So it's the combination of both. The one that sits in the corners is quite as a mouse, right? And you those know. are the people that I tend to like to know because I am an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> we need a balance. We do. That's what the yin and the yang is all about, absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So with up and coming stars listening to the show, what advice would you and do you give? to our inspiring leaders of Tucson, Jennifer. Well, as someone that thought that she was going to stay with higher education for the rest of her life and found herself at 44 with a choice of, you know, didn't even have that in my mind that I would have to make this kind of choice and going into a totally different industry. Um, if you can think of an iceberg, I think that that really sums it up. You know, you see the beautiful tip of the iceberg, and then you don't see what's underneath. And mm -hmm. what's underneath is all the work and the struggles and the challenges and some of the joy that goes into um, when you have a new goal. And I think that a lot of people stop right before they're going to be successful. And with grit, I totally agree <laughs> with Linda on grit, um, it's going to be challenging. And you got to get through that in order to hit that success point. And that's it. So, you know, you've had it from the best. I mean, there's no shortcuts, guys and gals. Has Tucson business community Brent been supportive of Burns and uh, McDonald, do you think? 
Oh yeah, the the business community here has been awesome to us. Um, we uh, joined the Tucson Metro Chamber. We're charter members of the chamber. Uh, they've just been fantastic to us. I know Amber uh, Smith, you know, is the president and CEO of that group. Um, we got involved with a lot of different um, uh, groups, obviously with the Greater Tucson Leadership. Just graduated from that class of 2019. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you can but, still uh, be involved. You can Absolutely. Do, you know, That's very good. You can yeah. have classes. And <laughs> yeah, they do a lot. They work very hard, the Metro. In fact, they have a show on uh, Tucson Business Radio X. It's right. called News from the Chamber. Right. And Amber and uh, Vice President host that, Michael Gaiman. Right. And a great show. They offer big terrific guests on newbies, you know, coming to Tucson. Uh, some oldies and in between as well. You know, right. so you're still a newbie, you know what I mean? A little bit of a newbie. We're going to get the shine off you yet, mate. That's right. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been, it's been fantastic. We've had a lot of support. That's good. That's good. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd find it hard to believe that, you know, the door would be closed in your face. There's a lot of places that people are like that. I don't think Tucson is. I think the proof of the put with Tucson is also when it comes to fundraising. The hearts open up and the wallets open up and the moths fly out. But I tell you what, uh, there's plenty of dough that's raised for very, very good causes. And I think Tucson itself has a nice energy about it when it comes to things like that, you know. Absolutely. I wish you well with uh, Burns and uh, your mate, McDonald, and, uh, you know, and your life and your wife. And uh, what's her name, by the way? Katja. Hiya, Katja. Ah, oh, you gotcha, did you? Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> well, what a little brand that could be. Got you, got you. All right, listen. And what's your daughter's name? Annika. Annika. Yeah. Tell you what. Gee. Um, very good. Welcome to Tucson and good luck with your company. And I thank you so much for taking time out today. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. That was very good. And uh, he is now the uh, project manager. But in fact, he's the Tucson project manager. That's Brent. Alexic. There you go. Oh, it's a tough one. Are you Polish by any chance? What's the background? Uh, Serbian. Serbian. Oh, there you go. By God. But I'm getting better at them. Uh, Jennifer, yours is an easy one, isn't it? You know, uh, how do you spell your last name? Chenault. Chenault. C-H-E-N-A-U-L-T. Yes. Right? But some would say Chenault. They sure do. All right. But some Chenault. say Schultz. And she is the vice president of Lovett and Touche. Yes. Uh, and here in Tucson. A wonderful guest. And thank you for your time today. It was marvelous. It was fun. The CEO from the company called Caliber, the Caliber Group, is uh, a young lady by the name of Linda Welter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, A lovely lady, the principal of a very, very, uh, how do I put it, Um, with it with it a group today that covers many things brand marketing public relations and a top digital firm here in tucson representing clients in all over the joint from australia and all across the world thank you linda yes thank you right thank you Pleasure very much yeah, it's been wonderful having you and there goes another episode oh i so enjoyed today we'll be back with another tucson means business thanks to the sponsorship of the 49ers golf and country club this is mark bishop signing off and you be kind to each other